Charity, charity everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Eli James, your folk radio. Today is July 17th, 2022. And this is Bloodlines. Uh, Michael and I are going to be talking about primarily two issues. The way in which uh, Sweden, uh, via the enforced immigration by the Rothschilds, is being destroyed, and also by the industry called sex change operations, <laughs> the, the sex alteration industry, very strong. Of course, it's very strong in America, too. And it's becoming so bad that uh, people are starting to complain. Yeah, but it's almost like, Michael, that, that in fact, uh, I was watching a, a documentary about sex change operations in the UK. And one of the concerns of the parents was, is my son becoming gay? Maybe we should just have his sex changed to females so he won't become gay, right? I mean, this is how people actually think. It doesn't occur to them these operations are evil. Yeah, that's the point. And I'd like to tell, uh, I don't know, um, what is the limit of age to do this, uh, this, um, this operation? Because I know, in, oh, and by the way, hello, hello everybody. Yes, um, <laughs> In Sweden, it's, I think it's a limit on 12 years old, I think. And come oh, on, 12 yeah. years old. You yeah. can't really make up your mind about this kind of stuff. I think never, because you should never do it, because Yahweh did all this for purpose. But changing this is satanic, so it's, you, right. you, yeah, it sings about it. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I visited a website that explains how these operations are done. And uh, from uh, male to female transgender surgery, they well, they cut off the man's penis and testicles, right? Then they make a sur- surgical incision down there. I guess we could just call it down there surgery, right? <laughs> and then what they do is slice off a bunch of tissue from your forearm, probably the forearm that... Uh, you know, is least, uh, you know, strong, right? It doesn't have the musculature because everybody's either uh, right-handed or left-handed. And then they slice off that tissue and form a makeshift vagina. And then they shove that up into the person's body and while you're also taking these testosterone hormones and who knows what else, other kind of drugs. Amazing, folks, that this kind of surgery is actually being practiced Without uh, charges being filed against the, the doctors and hospitals, it's amazing, Michael. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I don't know how how far gone it's been in in America, but in Sweden, it's bad. pretty far gone. So yeah, yeah it's UK very is bad. bad. Yeah. Right, it's even worse in the UK. And uh, so, tell us about Sweden. What's going on in Sweden? I can see if I can read an, an article from this. It is from uh, the, this the Swedish uh, National Socialist called Nordfront. They make pretty good pretty, uh, good article about this. I will okay. read. Uh, I will first translate the article, and then I'm going to read read about it. So just okay. put it in now to translator, and soon it's done. Oh, um, okay. That okay. Now it's done. So here we go. Uh, gender change under the proposed law. Uh, this is a, they're proposing a new law. Uh, 12 years old can change their legal gender without a doctor's opinion for gender uh, reassignment surgery. The age limit of 18 years old will remain. Okay, I was wrong there with, uh, with uh, 12. Okay. Um, examination would be transferred to the health service. 
the government's uh, 2018 proposal uh, to change the Gender Identity Act was rejected by the Legislative Council, mainly because it lowered the age limit for circular procedures to 15 years, years and removes the requirements for guidance consent. Uh, the, uh, the change is now proposed. The new proposal, which has just been sent out for uh, consultations, uh, includes a law on surgical procedures on genital organs and a law on the changes of sex in civil registration. Um, the Ministry of Social Affairs wants minors from the age of 12 to be um, granted a change of legal sex by the tax agency, provided that their uh, guardian's age uh, agrees to it. So ah, okay, so this this is illegal. <laughs> that's the, that was the difference. The legal one is changed from to, that's what what to right. change. Well, yeah, they're legalizing this everywhere, but the immorality of it it doesn't change. Uh, right? No, no, the, that's the cruelty of it doesn't change either. Yeah. So in contrast to the current legislation, neither medical certificate nor the age of a majority of the applicant will be required. With regard to surgical procedures on the genitals, it is proposed that the review will be transferred from the National Board of Health and Welfare uh, to the healthcare system. The age limit would remain 18 years old. Okay, so when you do this, actually say procedure, then you should be 18 years old, but you can do it at 12 years old, then you can do it in the more the legal sense that in the, right. in the tax system, you, you said that you are born as a boy, but then you said you are a girl, then in the, in the what do you say, in the tax, uh, in the tax sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's amazing. I mean, it's bad enough that the medical industry uh, takes the fetuses of aborted babies and uh, turns it into uh, you know, ingredients for vaccines, right? That's bad enough. But uh, now they're, they're taking living, you know, males and females and transgendering them for very suspicious reasons. Uh, there's no good scientific or even psychological reason for this. The vast majority of transgender children who have been sex changed, and even those who have done so voluntarily, who are of age, I guess 18 is the legal age in most places where you don't have to have parental consent. The vast majority of these people, 100% of them have mental issues after the surgery is done. So the reason they had the surgery done was hopefully to get rid of their mental issues because, you know, every teenager in the world has mental issues. They're growing up, their bodies are changing, their hormones are raging, and they're going to have uh, periods of low self-image, right? It's this low self-image that almost all teachers, t uh, teenagers get, which uh, are, are, they're being told by the medical profession and by these politicians, oh, you're having a, an identity crisis, a, a, a gender identity crisis. No, you're not. They're all going through the same thing. It's called teenage uh, hormone crisis. That's what they're having. And they're being brainwashed, and their parents are actually buying this stuff, all right, buying this line of argument. Now, from my personal experience, Michael, and I'm sure you probably had a similar experience, I never had any gender issues Nobody I knew, this I'm talking about the 1950s now when I was growing up on the north side of Chicago. Nobody had any gender issues. The issue never even came up. So why in the world all of a sudden, uh, we're now talking 70 years later, why are teenagers having gender issues? 
which they never had before. It's because the establishment is telling them they're having gender issues. It's not real. It's absolutely fictitious. Over to you, Michael. Yes, it is fictitious. It was the same for me. My my experience is a bit maybe 30, 40 years later, but it's the same. Nothing was heard about this gender issue. This is late in the last year since this was come up. This is... This is just something, and, and for me personally, this is something they want to, what is say they want to debauch God's creation. He created something, he created a man and female. He didn't create man right. and that turned a female. Yeah. This is a way for them to point the fingers to Yahweh God by this. Right, right. And the question arises, are such uh, gender uh, transition, they call it transitioning, are such gender transitioned uh, people, whatever they are after they have the operation, are they capable of reproducing? Absolutely not. So these people are deprived of the ability of bearing children. All right? Yeah. They're, they're totally deprived of that. That's, that's butchering. That's child abuse. It's medical abuse. All right? That's what's really going on here. And the fact that you know, where are the churches? Why aren't the churches complaining? As you just mentioned, Michael, the Bible says male and female, he created them. It doesn't say non-binary, he created them, right? It's absolute, it's, it's appalling. I, I, I can't, my words fail me. I can't tell you how evil this is. Yes, this is evil to the core. This yeah. is really, I mean, what's the next thing that we come up with? I mean, this is so evil. This, this is horrendous evil. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine how they come up with those ideas, but they are evil. They're yeah. satanic. Well, here, uh, in fact, it's uh, it's related to Baphomet. Baphomet is that god that these people worship, which has the head of a goat, breasts of a female, and then down under, it has the genitals of both male and female, and interestingly enough, it has the entire uh, entwined serpents uh, down there, okay, which uh, to me symbolize the fallopian tubes, okay. And we know that Freemasonry and uh, their symbol G means generation, that means sexual reproduction. That's what it's all about. And they wear that apron with that symbol G on it to commemorate the seduction of Eve in Genesis 3, 14, and 15. Okay? That's what that Freemasonry is all about. And their God is Baphomet. Oh, by the oh. way, the bottom of his body is the, the, the legs and hoofs of a goat. So do you want to say that they, by that G, they are somewhat celebrating the seduction of Eve? Yes, that's exactly right. That's what oh it, Yeah. That's that's what that G stands for. It stands for generation, sexual reproduction, and that apron is uh, commemorates the fig leaves that Adam and Eve had to wear after they did the dirty. Right? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, back to you. Oh, okay. Let's. I can proceed with this. What is yeah. more said here? So. Psychiatry professor uh, Mikael Landén has strong objections, especially to the lowering of the age for changing legal sex, and calls the proposed law an invasion of privacy. Um, and then we have to SVT, he adds, there, there is gender uh, dysphoria, and we have a way to deal with it. 
dysphoria. Gender dysphoria. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, oh, children who uh, are overactive in school have attention deficit disorder. As if that's uh, not something new, right? No. It's called hyperactivity doing, do, due to overconsumption of sugar. That's what it really is. All right. Back to you. Yes. Um, gender corrective treatment. But to change the gender to fe- female then I don't change anything. In SOTS program, Sveriges Möts, Sweden Meech, he says this about so-called legal gender reassignment. It does not change my gender. Then we have to invent another category, which is gender. Changing gender on paper can lead to a path. Others argue that legal gender reassignments is important because it can be a step in a direction that leads to surgical procedures at a later date. Thus, trans activist um, Maria Hansson believes the proposed law is a way forward as legal confirmations uh, of a person's beliefs may make them more difficult to abandon, which in the case of gender dysphoria, she says, is a positive thing. Why should the state decide that I should be uh, locked in the gender I was born into, she says in the program. Yeah, that's full street. That is kind. This is so, I don't know. Why should the state decide to change your gender? It's the same argument. Yeah. Okay. It is. Yeah. Fotius Papa do Polus, a senior doctor, is also in favor of lowering the age limit, comparing Sweden to other countries where gender reassignments is met with uh, parcel delivery for uh, un- uh, unclear reasons. For example, <laughs> right. it's important uh, to be validated and confirmed in the gender identity they feel they had, to show an ID card uh, and not be questioned when uh, picked up a parcel from uh, post-node. That is also very important. Harmful transgender care. Recently, an episode of SVT's Uppdragdansning uh, was about the damage inflicted on minors by yeah. so-called transgender care in Sweden. Um, among other things, it describes how Karolinska Hospitals, when it presents its new guidelines for trans care last spring, announced that it would stop um, initializing new hormone treatments for minors within the framework of this so-called care. Uh-huh. The adopted new guidelines uh, stated that there is no scientific support for this type of hormone treatment and that it um, c- uh, carries a high risk of serious side effects. All right. Here, let me just stop here for a second because all of this hormone treatment, let's say you're tran- transitioning from a female to a male, and so they give you all of these uh, – What's the male hormone now? Uh, testosterone, okay? So your body as a female has had very, very, very limited amounts of testosterone. Uh, the female hormone is estrogen, okay? So now all of a sudden you're be, being given testosterone to change your body, all right? So uh, you're, you're, I think they want to prevent the female breast from developing before it gets to that age, all right, so that's why they want to transition young girls at the age of 12, okay? And so now the, for the whole rest of your life, you have to take these hormones. 
And it's not just testosterone. It's a bunch of other drugs as well. And uh, so then uh, if you stop taking those hormones, oh, let's say the economy collapses and you can't, and your insurance company no no longer provides you with these hormones. What happens to your body then? You start developing. So if you have then been transferred from a woman, a female, to a male, yeah, yeah. and then suddenly you start to develop breasts, <laughs> right, right, and your voice gets higher, <laughs> right, and all that stuff, right, and your then hair you really and your hair starts to grow back. You... <laughs> okay, yeah, this is crazy, folks. It's crazy. Yeah, go. Sorry, uh, I, I'm hot under the collar. Sorry, sorry, Michael. I'm interrupting you too much. No problem. No, but that's, I guess don't you then really, in a sense, are creating a real baffinest then? That that's correct. Absolutely. Which is the objective? Yes. They've been baphometized. They have been. Right yeah. now, it's not really shown. But if that would happen, that. Uh, as you said, those they don't cannot take this drug, whatever. Then you will have baf- baphomet on the on the streets. Yeah. You're right. By, by the way, that word baphometized sounds almost like baptized. <laughs> You've been baphometized into the Jew world order. My God. Oh yeah. And it's amazing yeah, to me that rational human parents would actually allow this to take place. Well, oh well, the insurance company covers it. Oh, well, then everything is good. I don't have to pay anything. Yeah, right. There you go. Oh, my. There you go. So, but how is it in in, um, America now? Now, this was a bit Swedish perspective. How is it in, um, how, what is the, what do you say? Man-made law, I don't care much about. But what are they, how is it handled in America? Where is it? I guess it's more... More, what to say? It gets more crazy as more right. you come close to right. Europe City, I guess. Right, yeah, right, and California. The, the, oh yeah. The the east left coast and the west left coast are are really bad. In fact, there's an incident that took place in California where two female uh, teachers forcibly took a girl and had her sex changed. Without what? the parent, yeah, without the parent's consent. How All could right? that happen? Yeah, yeah, how could that happen? You know, I mean, if there's any rational, you know, and where are the churches, Michael? The churches are standing there idle, twiddling their thumbs, cross, bl- putting blinders on, you know, like the three monkeys, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. That's where the churches are at, folks. The churches are evil. Yeah, teachers, <laughs> right? Yeah, quote unquote teachers, right? Thank you, Paul. Well, no. Anyway, this is the level of absurdity and degeneracy that has obtained here in America. Now, I don't think the transgender operations are as uh, percentage-wise are as frequent here in America because this is a Christian country still, even though it's a poor form of Christianity. Most people still understand that uh, the verse you quoted, male and female, he created them, and most Christians are opposed to this. But there are these softy Christians, right, these Judeo-Christians who don't know evil from good and will go along just because of their ignorance and apathy. Ignorance and apathy. But I do, I remember looking this up here, it's primarily the Jewish hospitals who are performing these surgeries. 
Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I haven't done a, re- a survey, you know, of America how prevalent it is. I don't think it's that prevalent yet. But we have to nip this in the bud, so to speak. All right. Okay. Yeah. Do you, um, do you also want me to read an article regarding to this uh, all the injuries that have been occurred? Because there was an article about uh, all the injuries that. Uh, oh this... yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. We may not get to the Talmud today because this is such an important subject, but the Talmud is related because this is all Jewish. All right. Yeah, this yeah. Is where it comes. That's why I do all this. That's why all this for them. It's uh, it's okay for them. Yeah. Why don't you put both those articles in our chat and I'll, I'll relay them to the chat room, okay? Yes, I will do that. Let's yeah. see. I will take the one I have now, but it's on Swedish. I have translated. That's why okay. I need to use my translator. So I ask you yeah. put it into you there. Because I my my account at at uh, Chatango, I was logged out and I can't log in again. So it's like oh, kind of really? Oh, okay. Okay, well, yeah. If okay. that's the case, don't bother. Yeah. Okay, uh, I can uh, I can start. So uh, castration oh. investigation. Oh, that's something also that uh, I said what you're doing now with this yes. gender shame. This is a way to castrate people. It's a way for uh, I don't know to uh, to make them accept castration. That's right. Yeah. By the way, I mean this is really strange stuff because. We've had this before. We've never had – well, let me put it this way. Third world countries, have, including Africa and I think possibly even in Arabia, they mutilate the female gen- genitals. They, they cut off their uh, – what's it called? Uh, <laughs> the, the female equivalent of a penis, right? They actually cut it off and uh, mm-hmm. mutilate them. This is done in many uh, third world nations. And in in the West, this is really quite shameful. But this this is what has happened. Uh, young boys who are really good singers, because most choirs, uh, boy choirs, you know, they have very high voices before their voices change. So what the, what they've done in Europe, they castrate them so that their voices don't change, and that is called il castrato. Il castrato. That's when a man retains his high voice because he's been castrated, all for the benefit of opera. All right, folks? I mean, gender mutilation is an old, old thing. And, of course, the Jewish establishment is bringing it back. Over to you. Yes, and I did hear. I don't know if this is true. This is what I heard from an... A friend, he said like this to me that why your the Anthony Fauci, his voice is so it's kind of strange. It sounds very <laughs> yeah, right. And it's half the and reason half. why why he has that voice is because he has a vaccine in injury. All right, there you go. I, yeah, I, I believe that. Okay, uh, so I will now start. So, castration. Investigative journalism reveals a Swedish gender dysphoria treatment that harms and mutilates young Swedes. Even the inadequate existing restrictions are not followed, and no accountability is claimed. (laughs) Sweden. Government uh, has no accountability. No, of course not. That's the government. They can't do yeah. no wrong, right. I think. 
Um, Swedish so-called transgender care has inflicted uh, severe side effects and injuries on children. While more and more parents of children diagnosed with gender dysphoria are raising their voice and resisting the treatment their children are subjected to, uh, those in charge of care are um, shrinking their responsibility. Awareness of injuries in hormone-treated children has been long been known among doctors at Karolinska University Hospital, yet not communicated outside the hospital's gates. Uh, one girl stayed to tre- uh, started treatment with stop hormones at the age of 11. It was later found that no- she, now described as he, has had suffered spinal damage, osteoporosis, and stunted growth at the age of 15 to 16. Yep. Uh, stop starting new hormones treatments. Uh, it was in May 2021 that the hospital, when uh, uh, presenting its new guidelines for trans care, announced that it would stop uh, initiating new hormones treatment for minors in trans care. They adopted new guidelines state that there is a lack of scientific support for these types of hormone treatments right. and that they carry high risk of serious side effects. Yeah. However, the report does not include specific cases or studies involving adverse effects of hormone therapy. Just the same um, with vaccination. The industry does not do any follow-up studies of the harm done by vaccination. Same principle. Yes, and SVT's uppdraggranskning, however, reports on 13 cases in Stockholm involving severe um, side effects and direct injuries. In the above uh, mentioned uh, case of a girl called Leo by the hospital, who was subjected to hormone treatment from the age of 11, it all started when the girl told her parents at the age of 10 that she felt like a boy. <laughs> Well, maybe she was a tomboy, you know, and like and liked to play rugby and soccer instead of hopscotch, you know. But they get over it, <laughs> right? Yeah, it doesn't make you a boy. <laughs> That's right. You play with them. You, you, yeah. Because I don't know. Uh, when the girl turned eleven, the doctors at the Astrid Lindgren Children's Hospital um, uh, prescribed stop hormones for her. While the girl's mother initially noted some improvements in her daughter's mental health, this trend soon reversed very clearly. They were probably giving her LSD. <laughs> or what, what's those? Uh, endorphins. They probably a- added endorphins to her treatment without anybody knowing. I'll bet that happens. You know, mood, mood enhancing in addition to the hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, he felt so bad that he attempted suicide on several occasions. We didn't understand. We thought our child would feel better with treatment. Uh-huh. Explain. Right. Um, after some time, the daughter also suffered from back pain. When we regularly asked him uh, how uh, his back felt, he said, I hurt all the time. Mm. It gets a bit, bit confusing when they say the daughter and then they say him. So I don't know. They're, they're right. It's the same. This is, this is confusing. Right. Yeah, yeah, we need to have a word that describes people who are uh, artificially both genders, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, there's got to be a word for that. Okay, we'll have yeah, to. We'll have to. 
Right. Uh, no, but that's long, maybe. A, a, a baffo. There you go. A baffo. Okay. Because that's that describing. We need a nice, short, concise word. A baffo. Right. Anybody who d- decides that they are or it are both genders will just call them baffos. Right. That, that that's the proper terminology. But here, the reason why that child has back pain is because if you're transitioning from a male to a female and you're being given these female hormones, it will alter the structure of your pelvis, right? Okay, let me ask you a point-blank question, Michael. Who has the narrower pelvis, males or females? The narrow one doesn't male have them. Yeah, right? I remember that... uh, uh, there was a song by uh, Big John, narrow at the hip, right? Big shoulders and narrow hips. That's the typical male structure before we put on big bellies, right? <laughs> and spread out, okay? So, but women, conversely, have narrow shoulders and wider hips. Why the wider hips? Well, because they need them to give birth, they have to have a wider pelvis to give birth. And when they're giving birth, the female pelvis actually begins to spread out even wider. It, it actually opens up like a hinge from the back, from the backbone to the front to allow the baby to be born. After birth, then the pelvis closes back up. It's like a clamp. It closes back up like a clamp. And because you don't need to give birth anymore, you already delivered the baby or babies, right? So I can imagine that these hormones do a, a really horrible job with your pelvic area. That's why you would experience back pain. Back to you. Then you describe it so um, so beautiful how Yahweh have created it. Everything. That's right. Yes, everything is perfect. It's so perfect on everything. If you yeah. just let it be that way. Yeah, I, I, there, in all of recorded literature, I don't see anything where men describe the physical beauty of women. There's not a single passage that ever said, oh, her hips are so beautifully narrow. Never. <laughs> right? Amazing. Never. Amazing, folks, that anybody could even fall for this stuff. Ugh. All right, back to you. Unfortunately, people have Yes. Um, 444 children have been given stop hormones in the last five years. Statistics show that 440 children diagnosed with gender dysphoria have been treated with stop hormones in Sweden in the last five years. Hospital guidelines state that when it comes to treatment of the sex hormones, estrogen and testosterone, which have been proven to cause irreversible body changes, there you go. cooling up, yeah. uh, should always be given uh, let's see. However, yeah. the uh, pediatric um, endocrinologist Richard uh, Nergård stresses that even stop hormones can sometimes cause irreversible irre- changes, damages. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, these drugs, they will change your body. And you know, once it's changed to you know, from one gender to the other, it's almost impossible to change it back, especially if you had surgery. Yeah, then okay. you are. And yeah. sorry for these children. Amen. If they somehow, maybe in the future, feel, oh, maybe I want to have a children. And then, no, it's not possible. You'll be right. castrated. Yeah, that's over. 
it's over. Yeah. It's it's amazing that, well, because we know this is all Luciferian, right? It's, it's Baphomet-oriented. And uh, you know, the churches are not giving any warning. I mean, we're the only ones giving the warning, you know, in terms of the, the Luciferian slash satanic origin of all of this stuff. Uh, we are the last. I don't know. Are we? We're not. We are not the only one, but we are yeah. one of the few yeah. of the still the watchman on the wall, the one that yeah. can give those fire and brimstone sermons sometimes. Amen. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, how much is left of that article? I had some some more. I can keep on reading. Okay. Uh, that chemical castration. It can affect psychological well-being in ways that we are not intended or desired. It is very important that the, a patient and the patient's family are well informed about it. Uh-huh. Treat it for four and a half years without control. Again, against allowed two years. Ned God explains that this is why a limit of two years was set for the treatment. After this period, the treatment must be evaluated, among other things, for possible side effects. As for bones and bone density, there must be examined continuously during treatment. However, for Leo, the first x-ray um, checkup was not carried out until four and a half years after the start of the treatment. Um, bone changes were found and two uh, vertebrae had been damaged. Leo had stopped growing and was also diagnosed with osteoporosis. Up to this point, the girl had been treated for over four years without any checkups. However, no adverse event report has made a treatment continued for another three months. Right. Okay. Let me, sorry to interrupt because this brings up another point with these, these uh, Olympic committees and high school and college sports committees allow males, essentially males, who have not yet been castrated right, <laughs> and given female hormones, maybe a little bit, are allowed to compete with real women because you mentioned the word osteoporosis. The density of female bones is not as great as male bones, and very often women, with especially women get older, they will develop osteoporosis because what happens is your bones, if you're not exercising, I can't stress enough, the older you get, the more you should exercise, must exercise, because what often happens is your bones become porous, because your body is robbing uh, the calcium from the bones to feed it to other parts of your body where it's more needed at the time. So, and if you're not uh, getting calcium from your diet and not exercising, your bones will become weaker and weaker and weaker. And so girls have no chance against a a male whose upper body strength is three or four times that of a a true female, right? They have no chance in wrestling against a male, even if that male has been transitioned. Absolutely no chance. So this is a travesty to sports in general. Females uh, females have no chance against such a person. Back to you. No, exactly. I read some of those articles as well, where they have those trans girls that are in some sports, swimming and athletic, right. uh, powerlifting. Come on. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. We are, of course, responsible for injuries caused by treatment with us. But I can't go further with an individual uh, case or comment on it during the interview, says Svante Norgren, head of Astridlinje uh, Children's Hospital, which belonged to KOI. While treatment in the so-called transgender care is carried out by Karolinska University Hospital, it is, as Leo's case, usually the... Um, a kid uh, team that is responsible for the initial investigations and diagnosis of young people who are believed to suffer from gender dysphoria. This investigation team is under the authority of the Child and uh, Adolescent Psychiatry Department in Stockholm. Um, if there is a serious harm to, uh, harm to care, we will, of course, report it to Lex Maria explains Jörna Rudén, head of operations at BUP Stockholm. An abnormal report on Leo's treatment only come about after uh, Uppdraggranskning had shed light on the case and also interviewed both Karolinska and, and BUP. Right. Uh, of course, you feel anger towards those you trusted, but also towards yourself. I am uh, the one who should pro- uh, protect my children, but have somehow not done that. Right. Thomas Leo's Natalie to Uppdraggranskning. Yeah, so you can see the pain that these people go through, not just the uh, children who are being trans uh, transitioned, but the parents were, what did I do? I, I trusted my doctor. That's what you did. Yeah, they did. That's a shame, this. So I have a couple of more paragraphs, and I'm done with this. Right. When you used uh, other cases of hormone-treated children, it affects uh, side effects such as uh, liver damage, reduced bone density, and several impaired mental well-being. There you have it also, reduced bone density. Right, responsible yeah. And responsible manager uh, had no idea about these health damages. Perhaps the most startling aspect of, of Uppdragdam's interview is the fact that the head of Karolinska University Hospital claims to have had no knowledge of the total of 13 children treated uh, for gender deaths for you in Stockholm. no knowledge. Oh, well, that that's really encouraging about the, <laughs> the occupational, uh, what, uh, le- legitimacy of the hospital itself. Yeah, they don't even know what's going on. Yeah, and I can say also this Karolinska University is the biggest hospital in Sweden. Really? Okay. Yeah. This is one of the biggest. So they also build it out, so extenders. It's a very big hospital. Um, so, a uh, total of 30 children treated for gender dysphoria in Stockholm receiving medical injuries. The interviewer would, uh, how, uh, wonders how such a lack of information is possible and whether the manager does not have a responsibility here. We are two different units. The Children's Hospital handles the um, pediatric part, the investigation and the uh, psychiatric follow-up is the responsibility of the kid team, Norgren replies. They didn't get the memo. (laughs) Why didn't they get the memo? Whose fault is that? Yeah, they are blaming blaming each other. There you go. Finger pointing. Yeah. Joanna Rudean, head of child and Adolescence Psychiatry uh, <laughs> in Stockholm, where the kid team belongs, says that the uh, case in question are now being investigated. We are going through uh, the ones we uh, know about um, to get a better idea of whether there is anything we have missed where we should have communicated. Jeez. Okay. So this 
shows the lack of accountability of all institutions we have today. You know, when they mess up this badly, then they admit, well, you know, accidents happen. No, it's it's not just a matter of incompetence. It's deliberately lying to the people. That's what they're doing. It's deliberate lying yeah. to the people. And they're excusing themselves. Okay, so which is worse? Damage caused by deliberate action or damage caused by well, stupidity, incompetence? <laughs> Either way, the damage is done and still not accountable. Yeah, it's the same. There's a dose, but that's kind of... Um... Yeah, what what's the worth? If you know it and you're doing it, then I feel it's more than you did. Then you could warn someone. You have this the same with the watchman on the wall. If you know about the danger, then it's warned. Then the blood is upon you. But um, so yeah. a bit, if they are more, what to say? If they are ignorant of the fact or just I don't know. Yeah, that feels not so. It's of course it's very serious for me, but um, it's more harmful right. if you do know it and you do are prescribing. For example, the, those damnable vaccines you are pushing. They know there's not right. good. Yeah, now the interesting thing here, Michael, is that these feminists, and these feminists are the ones primarily behind this, and of course the medical profession, and they've always claimed, you know, well, we want to improve the lives of women. How is this improving the lives of women? Not at all. Not, Not at, at all. all. Okay. Uh, for example, in uh, the last time that the American women's soccer team was practicing for the, the international tournament for uh, I don't know what it's called, but they they actually went down to Australia and they played against a high school boys soccer team, okay, because they wanted better competition, <laughs> right? They wanted better competition to prepare for the the soccer tournament. Well, that high school boys soccer team beat them. Okay. It beat the U.S. women's soccer team. Back to you. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Boys are stronger than women, than girls, even women. Okay. Right? Because that's the way that's Yahweh hard. made us. Right? We got yeah, beef. We, we got beef, uh, right? My wife told me, man, you get, your muscles are really hard. <laughs> right? So, yeah, yeah, it's because I'm a man. You're a woman. Yes, and then um, I think also you women have another type of their body. They are more, my experience has tell me that they, are more, they can more be close to their maximum performance all the time without being tired. Right. We can more do more, our maximum strength is much higher for us. Yeah, yeah, we're built for, uh, you know, spent, uh, rough uh, damage and, you know, a, a quick outburst like war, right? <laughs> yes, exactly, like war. Uh, while women can be yeah. close to their maximum performance without really yeah. being so tired. Yeah, now, again, this shows how ignorant the uh, feminists are because why in the world, you know, because throughout history, women have been exempt from going to war, especially in the Bible. You know, women weren't, weren't uh, requested to go to war. Only men were. Now, why would you want to volunteer to go into a war and be hacked to pieces? Why would you volunteer for that? That's pretty stupid. No. Okay. It's pretty stupid, yeah. No, yeah. And, and like now, I also read, you see, that uh, Ukraine now wants to have women in their, in their military. 
Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah. because it's a Jewish state. Of course, the first modern yeah. state to do that is Israel, right? Yeah. Israel forcibly has conscripted women, okay? Yeah. Which just proves that the Jews are totally anti-biblical. So uh, why would you do that? Are these feminists really not understanding that the world is run by the international bankers and they're their pawns and tools? Oh, I want to do my part. I'm a, I'm a, pa- well, they're not patriotic. Are, are they patriotic? Fighting, uh, fighting in wars for the international bankers? Is that called patriotism? I don't think so. But a lot of women who joined the military think it is patriotism to put on that 40-pound backpack, right? And carry, uh, you know, so they have to give them lighter weapons and lighter backpacks because they can't carry the backpacks that the men do. And th- this makes them extremely vulnerable, right? Again, the feminist movement has done insult and injury to women constantly. Back to you. Yeah, and then also you create this other, what do I say, you create this other uh, problem because you have them in the military, men that are, maybe not all, but some of them could be also, for example, singles. And then you have comes be- uh, uh, women's in. They are maybe not always the beautiful one, but then you will also create kind of, I don't think it's good for the, um, for the military to have women around because then I right. guess also men can tend to try to be protective against them and that I think is not always well, so good. Well, right. The illegitimate birth rate of uh, female soldiers has quadrupled since they've integrated, you know, sexually integrated the military. What do you expect? Uh, and does this make the military more efficient? To have uh, this number of women, you know, uh, being uh, taken out of the ranks of combat to give birth? No. This is make it more, uh, you are much more weak. Amen. You are are weakening your army. You don't put women in the army. It's not because we say uh, that we want to, that we are, that we are, what to say, uh, uh, I forgot the name, that, oh, well, caretakers, yeah, because uh, historically, women in the military have been nurses, okay? Yes. Taking care of, uh, you know, damaged men, you know, who have stepped on landmines and taken a bullet, et cetera, et cetera. And so you need that cadre of backup to to do that. You, you have to have that. Now, you're putting more women into, into combat, and now you have fewer nurses. You know, it, it's a... It's a a travesty is what it is. Okay, yeah. So it's a travesty, and I yeah. don't, I, I, I don't uh, think. And they are the what to say? They are also more. I don't, I don't want to use. I don't know the word is that is correct use, but more, more precious because they are the one that can also be our future in the form of appropriations uh, to get, uh, get, get children forth. Uh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, women's bodies are much more precious than men's bodies. Uh, that's why Yahweh allows us so many men to be sacrificed in warfare. Let me put it this way. Uh, let's say the world has ended and uh, there's only two places on earth where there's any survivors. Let's take an island in the middle of the Atlantic. And that island has one man and 99 women. And then there's an island in the Pacific that has one woman and 99 men. Which island, oh, do you th- <laughs> Which island do you think would uh, repopulate the earth? The one with, with 99 women and one man. There you go. 
All right? Women, your bodies yes. are precious. Yes, it is. Yes. And they can, they have, what to say, one go, more or less. Then they have to do the, their stuff. And if you get birth to children, but we are more, we have more shots. Right, so, there you go. Right, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's amazing that any parent would consent to have a girl's, what do they call it? Well, they take their uterus out. I forget what that surgery is called. And, and they, they slice out your uterus, your fallopian tubes, and, and the whole thing, right? And they just take it out. And it's incredible that anybody would agree to such a surgery. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is, it's, it's insanity. it is insanity. <laughs> right, absolute insanity. But we know it's Luciferian. It's baffo. It's baffo-met. We've become baphometized in these latter days. All right, uh, back to you. Yes, so um, now that article, I've read that article. Uh, okay. Should we now go into, we also, I also have this other very, Sad case with this little girl up in yeah. the north of Sweden that was uh, that was attacked by an, an, an oh, immigrant. Right, right. Yeah, let me read this. There's this fairly short article here. It, it's actually a pro-Trump website. Uh, I put the link in it earlier. Uh, Sweden, anger mounts after a nine-year-old. And this is not the first time this has happened. This has been happening for years. But I guess the sensitivity of white Swedes to what's going on is increasing, okay, as it should. Uh, anger mounts in Sweden after a nine-year-old girl was raped and left for dead on a playground by an Ethiopian migrant, which means he's black, day after obtaining a permanent residence permit. Now that he got his permanent residence permit, he rapes the little girl. The little girl is in a coma and sustained after life and altering injuries, I can imagine, all right? This is what the government of Sweden and all European government and the American government is allowing to take place. It hasn't got quite that bad here in America. We've only had a few isolated incidents of uh, Mexican migrants and black migrants raping white women, although it has been common ever since the, you know, the, the bill passed in the 1960s in giving blacks equal rights. Okay, voting rights. The rape the statistics have increased you know, uh, tremendously. You know, black on white rape has tremendously increased, and uh, you know, conversely, white on black rape is almost non-existent. Okay, so we've had this going on here in America, and of course, the mass media says nothing about it. The churches say nothing about it. Okay, so let's see where the comments here. Party 12, there is no doubt this push to take in refugees is part of the globalist wanting for destabilization of all nations so they can take control. There you go. People are waking up. Close your borders and don't let them talk you into any more refugees or at the very least a limited amount. No, it has to end 100%. It has to end totally. I heard that the Swedish people are in jeopardy of becoming the minority in their own country. Bax 101 says, it's called immigration warfare. It has been used for centuries in order to maintain control after a collapsed society. In order, now they're using it to, to collapse the society. Okay? Anita Deophobia points out, the left see them as vote cattle 
and ignore all the destructive effects it has on society. Yes, that's what the, the Democratic Party does with all the illegal immigrants here in America. You know, uh, Biden, uh, uh, Ganja Harris, Nancy Pelosi, and their ilk. That's been their strategy is to import Democrats into the country. Because why? Because they're going to go on the welfare rolls and they will therefore vote Democratic. I mean, it's really that simple, right? And then Labajada says, the globalists see them as low IQ breeders and plan all the destructive effects it has on society. Yeah, okay. You can see people are waking up. These comments are are more intelligent than the entirety of the Swedish government, Michael. Yeah, I I would agree with that. The the Swedish government is, I mean, it's it's on purpose. This is not like they're... Yes, it's on purpose, yes. Everything is on purpose. It's not a coincidence and they get their job because they do. And then you say, oh, but they were such an idiot and they did everything wrong, but they get their work back. Yeah, because they did what they're supposed to do. Right, right. So, I mean... yeah. Unfortunately, this is so tragic, but that's what they they should. That's their goal to do, the destruction of their own. That is so I cannot understand how you do that when you but they are that you want to do stuff that will be devastating to your own home. Right. You devastate your bigger home. Yeah. How yeah. Can you live yourself? Do you think you can hide in your in your gated community? Right. What yeah. I don't understand. I can't. That's I can't get my head around that. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Well, yeah, you have to consider it on a personal level. Would you open your home to a bunch of rapists knocking on your door? Never, of course not. I can't. Yeah. But that's what they are doing. That's right. That's what's happening on a national basis. And the average, see, and the, again here, the white race has this disease called self-destructive altruism, right? Yeah, that's a new word that come up during those, <laughs> during since the Second World War, I think, when we start to take in all those migrants, I think. Oh. Right, exactly. Yeah. Self-destructive altruism. We want to be perceived as do-gooders. Right? We don't want to be perceived as racist, so therefore we accept all of this chaos and mayhem because we're do-gooders. That's not the kind of do-gooding that the Bible espouses. But can't um, I don't know if you can say that, but didn't Saul almost do the same thing when he kept a lot of, some of the Edomites for his own pleasure, his own for slaves and stuff like that? So he was also like, yeah, I cannot exterminate them all. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's obvious. Yeah, well, the Georgia Guidestones. I did a show about the Georgia Guidestones where it says the population of the earth must be reduced to 500 million people. So who goes first? You know, I I put Fauci and Gates first on the list. Yeah, but they want us first on the list. (laughs) Right, exactly. This, this This is a war to the death, people, and only those of us in identity understand that's what this is. It's a war to the death, tracing its roots back to the Garden of Eden when Nahash seduced Eve and gave birth to Cain. The two-seed line argument. It's irrefutable, and it will not be resolved until the second coming. But in the meantime, our job is to alert the white race that they are the intended victims of this extermination plot. Yes, and it's not a coincidence that has happened. This is by design and planned this way. Yes, absolutely, 
Absolutely. Okay, now I see, because I've been flipping around, I seem to have lost the original article that I actually sent you on the Talmud. <laughs> so, no, me, but I think I have it. I have it. You, you have it? Okay. Uh, I put it in the chat room, or is it in the chat room? Yeah. Oh, you mean our, our personal chat room, or the... Uh... I think and I come in. I, I was able to log in to Chicago, so I, I'm okay. there now. <laughs> yeah, very good. Yeah, so put it in the Chicago uh, chat room, and yeah, I'll I pick it that. up. Okay, there it is. Okay, so and uh, also, uh, uh, let's see. Let me just uh, go scroll back up. Swamp Fox put uh, uh, an uh, article up about this subject too. Coming here. Uh, and uh, you know, the coming here, I believe, is an Australian uh, identity website, so they have a good uh, article on this too. Oh yeah, and somebody, yeah, Swamp Fox put the Georgia Guidestones in as well. So let me open up this document, the Talmud and Jewish tradition, and this is from an American website, which is located in Michigan. And I actually called up the number here because this is uh, such an excellent article. I was hoping that the uh, author would be a, uh, a guest here on Eurofolk Radio, and but the lady told me that he is a missionary, and I hesitated to ask where, <laughs> because there aren't, aren't any white missionaries for the white people anymore today, right? Except us. We're the only ones, uh, you know, preaching and ministering to the white race. Anyway, the title of this article is The Talmud and Jewish Tradition, uh, updated September 18, 2019. And he quotes, Yahweh shall smite thee with madness. Uh, that describes what we've been talking about today, folks. Madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. And thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth in darkness. Deuteronomy 28, verses 28 and 29. Michael, does this verse not describe our people today? <laughs> oh, yeah. They are so dumb. So Yeah. yeah. Mind washed, brainwashed. Because of why? Because of self <laughs> this. The self-destructive altruism, right? They want to please everybody but Yahweh. Yes, and they want to be. They want to be. What do you say? They want to have. I mean, because if you're uh, when you are truly honest, also you don't have so many friends. To be honest, <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I tried yeah. it. <laughs> right, right. I get so many complaints from. Uh, Identians who are scattered throughout the country and don't have any fellowship. Uh, Pastor Eli, do you know anybody in my neighborhood? And I said, well, they've all moved out of the cities <laughs> into the countryside just like you. So uh, you'd have to you'd have to put an ad in the paper. But then if you do that, you know you have to screen them very very carefully. You know because you never know uh, if you put an ad in the paper. You know some uh, some jerk might come along trying to uh, you know put you out, you know, because, you know, we have so many people who hate identity around the world. It's unbelievable, right? Especially Antifa and Black Lives Matter, right? So it's, you really can't put an ad in the paper. You just have to go through whatever personal contacts you have, right, and organize a, a Bible study. That's, that's the way I started out in Chicago, right? So anyway, 
Yeah, this. let me repeat this because this is so important. It speaks to our condition right here, right now. Yahweh shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart, and thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth in darkness. Now, question to you, Michael. The Jews claim to be Israel. Are the Jews afflicted with this astonishment of heart and groping around at noonday? <laughs> no, they no? are pr- proud as ever. They're the ones who are causing this blindness, right? So, I mean, this is a great start to this article. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of Yahweh. Yeah, we're we're famished. (laughs) Our tongues are hanging out for lack of water. And they shall wander from sea to sea. And from the north, even to the east, they shall run to and fro to seek the word of Yahweh and shall not find it. Yeah, that's the Judeo-Christians today. That's the Christians today. That's the legacy of Judeo-Christianity. Okay, I mean, this is happening to us right now, folks, and our people don't see it. Next one, this is, oh, that was Amos 8, verses 11 and 12. Next one. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes. Yeah, there's the three monkeys again. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert and be healed. Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. He's obviously talking about the blind, deaf, and dumb Israelites because there's no intention here to heal Edomites because the Edomites will be destroyed. Okay? That's Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. And he quotes again, But their minds were blinded, for until this day remains the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. 2 Corinthians three fourteen through 15. Okay. And again, Ezekiel, Son of man, thou dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house, which have eyes to see and see not, they have ears to hear and hear not, for they are a rebellious house. Ezekiel twelve two. The great introductory uh, quotations from the Bible here. And um, that Ezekiel most described uh, more the spiritual, the spiritual ears and spiritual eyes, because uh, yeah. this is not literal. This is in the spiritual way. That's why I see it. Yeah. Well, this is the curse of Adam and Eve because we refuse to obey His laws. If Adam and Eve had obeyed His laws in, in the in the garden, none of this would happen. However, you know, even their descent. If if uh, Adam and Eve had had descendants. Of of uh, immortal descendants, it's even possible that those would have strayed, right? But uh, the whole purpose of this is to create a how should I put it a uh, a breed of Israelites who are immune to Jewish lies, who 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 are not influenced by Jewish lies ever again, and that's what will take place in the kingdom. All right, we we will have learned our lesson. And I hope our people are learning the lesson as we speak, okay? 
Wherefore, the Lord saith, Forasmuch as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Isaiah twenty nine thirteen. This is the tradition of the elders. Okay? Our own tradition of elders. Right? This describes Judeo-Christianity. This is not talking about Jews, because the, the Jews never had their heart, their, their hearts never had Yahweh in them. That's why they can't receive Jesus. So, but this have removed their heart far from me. This can only be true of Israelites. Continuing, that's Isaiah twenty nine thirteen. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. Now this is talking about the Jews. Okay? This is the, the tradition of the elders he's talking about. So, I mean, what an outstanding collection of quotations to begin this article. This collection of quotations itself is priceless. So, now the article begins. Over the past 2,000 years, Israel has abandoned the Holy Scriptures delivered to her prophets and has created a religion based upon vain tradition. Yeah, oh, it is called rabbinical Judaism. At its heart and soul is the Talmud. Okay? No truer words have ever been spoken. Praise Yahweh. Right, oh, yeah, Paul, Eric says, they tore the guide stones down. Right, yeah, because some, uh, the people have caught on to the guide stones, right? The, the jig is up. Wonder if they will ever try to rebuild them. That, that's an interesting question. The jig is up, folks. The goyim know. <laughs> the goyim know. And people are waking up. Slowly but surely, they're waking up. They're watching their inoculated friends and relatives dying or getting very, very ill from those shots. And they're saying, now, wait a minute. Those shots are supposed to prevent disease, not cause disease, Right? You see, you see, Michael, the wheels are turning in the brains of our people because they see the promises have not been kept. They can't trust their doctors anymore. They can't trust their pulpit masters anymore. Who can you trust? They can't even trust Donald Trump. That's how bad it has gotten, folks. That's how bad it is. The Talmud... Hebrew instruction or learning is a collection of commentaries by Jewish rabbis which have become a higher authority than the Bible itself in Orthodox Judaism. While Talmudic Jews give lip service to the 613 commandments, mitzvot, of the Mosaic Law or Torah, they have exalted their tradition far above God's word. All right? It's refreshing to hear this coming from a Judeo-Christian. The Talmud is also called Shaz, which is a Hebrew abbreviation of Shisha Sedarim, six orders, a reference to the Talmud's six sections. Well, it's very interesting. Shaz is Hungarian for fart, <laughs> right? So Shaz, Talmud is farting coming from the mouths of the rabbis. Quote, the Talmud is to this day the circulating heart's blood of the Jewish religion. 
Whatever laws, customs, or ceremonies we observe, whether we are orthodox, conservative, reform, or merely spasmodic sentimentalists, there's hardly any sentimentalists in Judaism. They're all very aggressive people. We follow the Talmud. It is our common law, unquote. Herman Wauk, the Talmud, Heart's Blood of the Jewish Faith, 1959. And Herman Wauk is also a novelist. He sold millions of copies of his novels because the Jews control the publishing industry. It's hard for a Christian, especially a Jew-savvy Christian, to get published in the world today. Okay. A collection of Pharisaic teaching. The Talmud is a compilation of Jewish tradition that began with the Pharisees. It is basically a massive collection of Pharisaic teaching. Quote, The Jewish religion as it is today traces its descent without a break through all the centuries from the Pharisees. Their leading ideas and methods found expression in the literature of enormous extent, of which a very great deal is still in existence. The Talmud is the largest and most important single piece of that literature. And the study of it is essential for any real understanding of Pharisaism. Unquote from the article Pharisees in the Universal Jew- Jewish Encyclopedia. In other words, this is a- essential for an understanding of Judaism. Okay? So, Michael, have you ha- had in your country any Christian ministers admitting any of these things? No. They. If they have admitted, they then uh, say, oh, sorry, and then they turn. Was it in your country that that Jewess admitted uh, Barbara Spector uh, admitted at a conference that uh, we Jews uh, are are controlling the European people? Was that in Sweden? Yes, she was in Sweden. She, she and she also received a medal from the Swedish king. Oh, oh my God, a medal for announcing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see if I find a pitch, but I know that our king gave her a medal. Wow! Wow! Okay. All right. Next. See what you see. What our king wants to do with us? Wants uh, to that's kill right. us. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a Freemason. Yeah, yeah, he is at least. And then I, I also doubt that he's probably also maybe Jewish, but that's mine. Maybe, maybe right, right, yeah. Because the, the Jews, the Rothschilds and, uh, you know, super rich Jews have made it a point to intermarry with the royalty, our royalty, Israelite royalty. Okay, so this is yeah. from the Jewish... Yeah, I found okay. so I will put it in the chat room. Okay, very good, thank you. With the destruction of the temple, A.D. 70, the Sadducees disappeared altogether, leaving the regulation of all Jewish affairs in the hands of the Pharisees. Henceforth, Jewish life was regulated by the Pharisees. The whole history of Judaism was reconstructed from the Pharisaic point of view, and a new aspect was given to the Sanhedrin of the past. A new chain of tradition supplanted the older priestly tradition, Abbot 1-1, whatever Abbot means, Pharisaism shaped the character of Judaism and the life and thought of the Jews for all the future, unquote, Jewish Encyclopedia, 1905. All right? Here I have to clarify something. The religion of the Bible was never called Judaism. In fact, it really did not even have a name. It was simply called the way. But it's correctly referred to as either Hebrewism or Mosaism. 
and I think the more correct is Mosaism because not all the Hebrews practice Mosaism. Mosaism is the true designation for Old Testament Israelite religion, Mosaism. That's the correct designation for it. It was never called Judaism at any time in the history of our people, okay? That term is Pharisaic. It, it stems from the word Judean, not from the, uh, the word Judahite or Judah, okay? That's the true derivation of the word Judaism, and it was never practiced by Israelites at any point in our history, okay? Continuing. Phariseeism became Talmudism. The spirit of the ancient Pharisee survives unaltered. When the Jew studies Talmud, he is actually repeating the arguments used in the Palestinian academies. Now, he's not talking about Israelite academies. He's talking about Palestinian slash Babylonian academies. That's what he's talking about here. From Palestine to Babylonia, and from Babylonia to North Africa, Italy, Spain, France, and Germany. From these to Poland, Russia, and Eastern Europe generally, ancient Pharisaism has wandered, unquote. Louis Finkelstein, the Pharisees, in 1937. Finkelstein was called one of the 120 most prominent rabbis in the world. Now, the wording of this quotation is such that it tries to imply that Pharisaism was the religion of Israel in the Old Testament. That's not the case. All right, You have to read between the lines. Whenever you're reading a quotation from a Jewish author, you always have to read the, between the lines, and you have to know the true history, which, because the Jews present themselves to the world as Israel, well, they've got to be the authorities on the Old Testament, right? Because there is, no, they're not Israelites. They're frauds. They're imposters. So the author, you have a comment there? No, I'm uh, listening. And that's uh, what I'm thought about those was this, that uh, because the Sadducees, as I understood, was they the one that was more appealed to the higher, the higher societies in, in ancient Jerusalem. And right. the Pharisees, was, was they more for the lower? Was it the opposite right. away there? Right, yeah. The, the Sadducees were... Uh, more or less uh, Hellenized, and they were the rich merchants of the of the tribes of Israel in the Macadamia, oh, Macadamia. <laughs> uh, the Maccabee, Maccabean period. I like Macadamia nuts. But Maccabean period, these were the ones who, uh, who affiliated with Greek merchants, okay? And so they stopped, they stopped practicing Israelite ritual, but they were Israelites, Originally, okay? The Pharisees also uh, originated as Israelites, but they were the ones who usurped the power of the Levitical priesthood under the Maccabees, okay? And they uh, created a false authority for themselves uh, through intimidation, all right? That's what the Pharisees were. So both of these groups actually started out as Israelites, but the Sadducees were primarily affiliated with the Greek merchants and then later the Roman merchants, okay? And the Pharisees just became a, how should I put it, you know, a degenerate, you know, usurper group. And they were taken over by Herod. They were taken over by Herod and the Idumeans because Herod, after taking power, 
assassinated the entire Sanhedrin, which then did consist of Israelites and Judahites, but they were uh, how should, uh, traitors. They were traitors to Israel because they had usurped the power away from the Levites. And so then when Herod assassinated the entire Sanhedrin, which included Sadducees and Pharisees, he replaced them with his chosen people, right? His chosen ones, right? And so from that point on, when Herod assassinated the Sanhedrin, they were all either Edomites or traitors. Um, and the question, when you say this, sound, sorry for interrupting, when this, uh, the Sadducees then were the Hellenized, are they, by, uh, then they trace it from Alexander's time. Is it the Greek, uh, is this traced from the, the Greeks? That's correct, because it was, uh, ta- no, not, I'm trying, Alexander, I forget his uh, surname. He was one of the four generals under uh, Alexander, who, uh, he's the one who sacri- he invaded uh, Jerusalem and sacrificed a pig on the altar. Uh-huh, okay. okay. I, I know I just have to think about his name. Antiochus, right. what was his name? Uh, Antiochus, something like that. A- yeah, Antiochus Epiphanes. Thank you. Yeah. Antiochus Epiphanes. And so a lot of uh, Judahites sided with Antioch, Antiochus and became Hellenized against their own people, right? Because, well, they didn't want to die. They didn't want to be killed by, <laughs> by the Greeks. But the Maccabees stood firm against... Antiochus. And that's what the book of Maccabees is all about, the wars between the uh, uh, traitorous Jews, or traitorous, now you can call them Jews now because they're traitors, the traitorous Judahites and the faithful Judahites who are the Maccabees, okay? And that's an aspect of our history very, very few people know about. It's only contained in the first and second Maccabees. So this is the value of the Apocrypha, and it's contained in Josephus. As far as I know, those are the only two sources of this type of information. Okay? Very valuable information. Okay, so let's continue. So, uh, yeah, the Pharisees rejected Jesus as the Christ, despised his right warnings, and have been plunged into ever-deepening spiritual darkness. Now, this is rare to hear this type of terminology from a Judeo-Christian. Very rare, but he's mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. yeah, yeah. He's one. He sorry, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. Sorry is he a Judeo Christian? This guy, uh, he must be because he, she told me his secretary told me he was abroad uh, and uh, ministering to some. Uh, he's a missionary. He's a missionary serving abroad. There is no such thing as uh, these missionaries you know, uh, ministering to white people. You know, so he must be off to Africa or Asia or someplace like that, right? So I hesitated to ask. I should have asked her, where? Where is he a missionary to, right? So anyway, yeah. So this that's history. That's when I'm reading it because I that would never come from a Swedish Judeo pastor. If I read this, never, ever. He would be he would be thrown out on, on the street and he'd be called for hate speech and be thrown in, into jail for six months. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if he went to Israel, he'd be murdered. Israel, I should say, right? Okay, so we have about nine minutes left, but these are excellent quotations from the Talmud. This guy is doing a tremendous job of exposing it, right? Yeah, yeah, and so here we go. Considering, uh, or consider the following condemnations that Jesus issued against the Pharisees. Quote, 
Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Here he's equating, Yahshua is equating himself with the Father, because the Jews pretend to worship Yahweh, but they don't. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men, that is, Pharisaic tradition, as the washing of pots and cups. And even today, folks, the Jewish religion is all about rituals. Jewish people don't learn anything about the Bible from the rabbis except ritual. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such like things ye do. And he said, this is the total condemnation of the rabbis, the modern rabbis, folks. Total condemnation of them. Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say unto his father or mother, It is Corban, that is to say, a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother. So they don't honor their parents, Yahshua is telling them. Make the word of God of none effect through your own tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things ye do. Okay? And this is exactly how, (laughs) in other words, he's, uh, he's saying, you will sell out your own parents to make a profit. Yeah, but that's what they're doing. That's what they they're can doing. Do that yes, yes. Now, the only reason they bother to put their own parents in nursing homes is because it's paid for by the government, <laughs> right? I'm sure the, the Rothschilds would clear out the bank bank accounts of their own parents. Continuing. Oh, that was Mark seven five through thirteen. Quote: And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith. By hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. Right? This is Matthew thirteen fourteen through 15. Now this proves that we're talking about Pharisees, uh, Edomites, because they they should not be converted, right? Yahshua's entire mission was to convert the Israelites, to come to the Israelites, and sacrifice himself for the Israelites and no other people. So this verse has to be about the Pharisees and their Edomite kinsmen. By the way, when he cursed that fig tree, that it should bear no longer bear any fruit, that's a symbolic of the fact that the Jews do not bear Israelite fruit. Okay? Another one. Yeah. Right? But though he had done so many miracles before them, they believed not on him, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who has believed our report? <laughs> and to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, 
because that Isaiah said again, he that blindeth their eyes and hardeneth their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. This is John twelve thirty seven through 40. So when Yahshua preached his Sermon on the Mount, there was an immense throng of people, some Israelites, some Edomites, some travelers from other countries, etc. So he was preaching to a mixed audience at the Sermon on the Mount. And very often when he preached in, Je- in Jerusalem, he was preaching to a mixed audience. And the, his disciples said, Master, why do you sp- speak in parables? And he responded, so that they should not understand, (laughs) okay? Because I didn't come here to save them. I came here to save you, the Israelites, all right? Uh, Have you heard this explanation from any Judeo pastor in Sweden, Michael? No, no, no. They, as I said, they do the same as in in America, I think. They say everybody says, everybody should listen. He will never say, because he he clearly says that he, he don't want to convert them. That's right. They should not be converted. So therefore, I'm not preaching to them. I'm preaching to you Israelites. That's why I speak in parables. In, you know, in, uh, how should I put it? Uh, Code language, for lack of a better expression. Because only the true Israelites, if they're knowledgeable about their own history, would understand what he's talking about. But since these Jews, these these Jews were Edomites, they could not possibly understand what he's talking about, nor would they be able to heed his instructions because they're not Israelites? This is the, the fact of the matter, folks. So, okay, we're, we're running out of time. We only have about three minutes left. And this next uh, quotation is extremely long. So uh, I'll just skip the real long one and uh, talk. To, there's three short ones here. And maybe we'll pick up with this long uh, tra- uh, quote next week. Jesus' sharp but compassionate warnings to the Jewish leaders were rejected. No, they weren't compassionate. <laughs> no, he was condemning them. Uh, so uh, here's the Judea Christian influence in the author, right? Is that, I have no intention of converting you. How's that compassionate? <laughs> right? And he was crucified as an evildoer. That is correct. When Jesus died, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom, signifying that the way to God was opened through the perfect atonement of his son, Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one. Uh, I don't see it that way. I see the temple was torn from top to bottom to expose the fact that the Ark of the Covenant was no longer in there. Right, Michael? Mm-hmm. Right? That's why the veil was torn, to expose the fact that the Ark of the Covenant was no longer in there, and the priesthood, the priesthood that existed then, namely the Pharisaical priesthood, was phony. There was no Uh, Ark of the Covenant in there. I want to expose the the Edomite Jewish, uh, what do you say, shenanigans. That's right. That's right. Okay? And, of course, then I wonder if he talks about... uh, him driving the money changers out of the temple. You know, maybe that'll come later, all right? So just a couple more short quotations here. So again, his Judeo-Christian attitude is showing through now. The shadows of the Levitical offerings were replaced with the substance of the Lamb of God, 
But the Pharisees repaired the veil and continued in their vain traditions. There you go. So I'd say he's 90 to 95% correct in what he's offering here. But since he doesn't understand that the gospel is not to convert the world, which virtually all Judeos teach, that's called universalism, but only to regather the flock under his banner. And and the uh, parable of the wheat and the tares proves that that only the 12 tribe of Israel, the 144,000, will be gathered into the kingdom if the other, if any other people get in, it will not be under the banner of the New Jerusalem. It will only be as potential citizens. And whether they get eternal life, uh, you know, is debatable. But I doubt it. Okay. So anyway, uh, th- that's our story, folks. <laughs> okay, Michael. Good job. Uh, th- this is excellent, excellent expose of Jewish tradition. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Thank you, Michael. All right. Take care. Thank you very much, Eli. Very good. All right, folks. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. The battle has just begun, and it's here. Take care. All right, we're out of time. Come on.